0: I doubt if very many of us would say that there is no need for us to gain any more wisdom. Most of us have at one time or another looked back on some action we've taken or something we said and realized that at the time, more wisdom was actually needed. That's because wisdom is often like experience. and experience, someone once said, is something you don't get until just after you need it. Wisdom is often something that only comes to someone who was first unwise and then wisely learned wisdom and the value of wisdom from their mistakes. Well, one of the most famous stories in the Bible, and certainly one of the most told stories about one of Israel's kings, is the story of Solomon asking God for wisdom and God being willing to grant his request. What we will see, and this story, by the way, is in 1 Kings, so if you want to turn in your Bibles to 1 Kings, we're going to be there in just a moment. What we'll see is that Solomon was wise enough in the beginning to seek wisdom. But I'm not sure wisdom was something he held on to until the very end of his life. This story is found in 1 Kings chapter 3, and that's where we're going to be this morning. So please turn to 1 Kings 3. The text says, Solomon made an alliance with Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and married his daughter. He brought her to the city of David until he finished building his palace and the temple of the Lord, And the wall around Jerusalem. The people, however, were were still sacrificing at the high places because a temple had not yet been built for the name of the Lord. Solomon showed his love for the Lord by walking according to the instructions given him by his father David, except that he offered sacrifices and burnt incense on the high places. The king went to Gibeon to offer sacrifices, for that was the most important high place, and Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night and dream, and God said to him, Ask for whatever you want me to give you. Solomon answered, You've shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You've continued this great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Now, Lord my God, you've made your servant king in place of my father David, but I'm only a little child and don't know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you've chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong, for who is able to govern this great people of yours? The Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, Since you've asked for this, and and not for long life or for wealth for yourself, nor have asked for the death of your enemies, But for discernment in administering justice, I'll do what you've asked. And I will give you a wise and discerning heart, so that there will never have been anyone like you, nor will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you've not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and commands as David your father did, I will give you a long life. Then Solomon awoke and he realized, that it had been a dream. He returned to Jerusalem, stood before the Ark of the Lord's covenant, and sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. Then he gave a feast for all his court. Well, I want to mention uh, very quickly here some things to, to note in this story, things that I think will teach us about wisdom and obtaining wisdom. And, and then I'll make a one big point at the end, which I think is really crucial. First, Gaining wisdom starts with experiencing and recognizing God's steadfast love. If we ask the question, why is it that Solomon was so interested in pursuing wisdom, I would say that Solomon responded to God's love. The text says specifically that Solomon loved the Lord. But why did Solomon love the Lord? He loved God because God first loved him. So wisdom is grounded in a response to God's love. Isn't it interesting that it's while Solomon is at the high place, offering sacrifices in an idolatrous context, that God comes to him in a dream. That means that God coming to Solomon in a dream is an act of grace-filled love by God. He he didn't have to go to Solomon there. I think he loves Solomon. He wants to teach Solomon. He wants Solomon to learn and grow. And so right in the midst of Solomon's sin, God comes and does something. Doesn't that happen to us? Aren't we those who are sinful who need the Holy Spirit to come to teach us and shape us? And isn't wisdom gained in our lives despite the fact that we do still have sin in our lives? Well, in addition to that, verse 6 shows that Solomon had his eyes wide open to God's care, to what God had done for David and what he was doing and would do for Solomon. This is interesting. Solomon reflects on God's love specifically for his father and then sees that God is still working in his own life. There are challenges for Solomon, challenges certainly as he's trying to rule Israel. But when he's facing challenges, he turns to look at what God has done, remembers what God has done, and then looks for him to show his wisdom. We need to, when we're facing challenges, turn to look and see what God has done remember how God has loved us. How has he acted? How has he showed us his grace? Then we're ready to receive wisdom and can look for wisdom. A third thing is it's interesting that Solomon thinks of himself as an unwise little child. And I would say this is a key step. This is found in verse 7. This comes in response, I think, to his experience of God's love. God shows Solomon his love, which causes Solomon to realize that he is not like God, and in fact, doesn't have wisdom, maybe doesn't have the love that God has. And so Solomon reflects on his own life, sees himself as a small child needing wisdom, and then that makes him able to gain wisdom. Well, what is it that is kind of requisite for the gaining of wisdom? in people's lives. What is requisite for Solomon to first have in his life in order for wisdom to come to him? Well, it's interesting that in verses eight and nine, wisdom includes recognition of the need to use oneself for God's purposes. Solomon three times in this section refers to himself as God's servant. He is ready to give himself to God and in fact will do whatever it is that God wants him to do. And I think wisdom comes to people who are willing to say to God, here am I, Lord, send me. Let me be the one who serves you. And for the person who says, I want to serve you, and I I, I want to be needed and used by you, God gives to that that person wisdom. So if you're looking for wisdom, especially wisdom in how you can serve the Lord, be available, be open, give yourself to him. Well, from God's perspective, wisdom includes not just what is fruitful, but also what is right. And in verse 11, we see this. We see both God concerned for what's right and we see Solomon concerned for what's right and, and wanting to do what's right. It's interesting. In our church, we sometimes appoint elders. We certainly don't want to appoint an elder who is just successful, uh, say in the business world. Instead, we would look to see that that elder is successful at being right before God, at being obedient, at seeking after the Lord's will for his life. And so wisdom includes not just being good at something, maybe not even smart. It certainly includes that right factor, the desire to do what is right. Well, a couple of other things that I just want us to see here, features of wisdom that are in this text, which are, I think, telling. First, receiving wisdom does not come Without other blessings. This is one of the great reasons for seeking wisdom, because the wise person is a blessed person. Maybe not blessed materially, as Solomon was, but blessed nonetheless. And so if you seek wisdom, say, seek first the kingdom of God, all these other things Jesus would say later will come to you. Seek wisdom, and blessings will come. Also, Wisdom is something that is not intended to be temporary, but is to last. And so it's not just intelligence or successful decision-making that accounts for wisdom, but includes, I would say, connection with God and aligning our thoughts and lives with his will over the long haul, over a pattern of life. And in fact, we see that in verse 14. Well, it's interesting that in verse 15, in response to his reception of wisdom, Solomon actually leaves Gibeon. Did you notice this? He leaves the high place when the dream is over and immediately goes down to where the ark is. And there he makes sacrifices. Why is it that he goes to where the ark is? The reason is because it was between the cherubim of the ark that God dwelled. Solomon is now wise in terms of encounter with God. And his encounter with God, the dream that he receives and the wisdom that he's now gaining causes him to go to a place where he can worship in purity and in truth. It's interesting too that in verse 15, after all of this, he, he blesses others with a feast, gives a feast for all his servants. This wise man has now got a heart of compassion that allows him to bless others. Well, that's kind of the story of Solomon asking for wisdom, and I think some things are really important in that story. The the next story right after this, which we won't take the time to read, is the story of Solomon being approached by a couple of women, both of whom have had babies, and you probably know the story well. One of those has a baby, and that baby begins to grow and flourish and is alive and things are good. The other one has a baby, but then, unfortunately, uh, the baby dies. The mother actually rolls over on top of the baby during the night while she's sleeping, and the baby passes away. That woman, who loses her child then, takes her dead child and goes over to the woman who has a living child and makes a transfer. She takes the dead baby and gives it to the woman who has a living baby and takes the living baby and goes and takes that baby for herself. In the next day, or on the next day, when both women are now awake, the one who now has a dead child realizes that something's wrong, and she goes before Solomon, the king, to complain and say, Look, uh, this baby that I now have is not my baby. This woman has given me her baby after she has has had her baby die. Well, we know, I think, the end of the story. At the end of the story, in verse 28, Solomon wisely asks for a sword. And then he says that he intends to kill the baby and cut it in half and give each half of the baby to the women. He also hears then the woman who has the living child, who was the mother of the living child, say, no, let the other woman have the child who is living. And she does this, of course, because she loves her living child enough to have her child who's alive, remain alive, even if that child's going to be raised by another woman. And that leads me to my question here at the end. Are we wise enough to learn from Solomon's wisdom? The things that we see in the first 15 verses, there were some things there that really teach us about what wisdom is, how we can gain wisdom, where wisdom comes from, how it ultimately comes from God's grace. And his love. Then we see Solomon act very wisely. And my question is are we wise enough to learn from Solomon's wisdom? When we see him act wisely, are we going to learn from that? But then, going along with that is a comment that I made in the very beginning. And that is, I have doubts about whether or not we could call the rest of Solomon's life, as he continues on to be king, wise. Solomon makes some real mistakes because he doesn't follow through with wisdom. He doesn't stay connected to God. He doesn't continue to, to uh, be obedient to God's will. He doesn't continue to reflect on what God has done for him and for his father David. And so Solomon ends up acting quite self-centeredly, quite selfishly throughout much of his life. And I think we know that story too. So are we wise enough to hold on to the wisdom That God gives us. Once God chooses to grant us wisdom, often coming, I think, through his Holy Spirit, are we wise enough to stay the course, to grow and learn from wisdom, and to stay with it? There's a story of a flock of wild geese that settled to rest on a pond. One of the flock had been captured by a gardener who thought he was being wise when he clipped its wings before releasing it. When the geese started to resume their flight, this one tried frantically, but vainly to lift itself into the air. The others, observing his struggles, flew about in obvious efforts to encourage him, but it was no use. Thereupon, the entire flock settled back down on the pond and waited, even though the urge to go on was strong within them. For several days they waited until the damaged feathers had grown sufficiently to to permit the other goose to fly. Now, meanwhile, the unethical gardener, who thought this is exactly what would have happened, had actually been converted by what he saw as the ethical, loving geese. And he gladly watched them as they finally rose together and all resumed their long flight. And this is my question. The gardener learned a lesson from watching the geese and their love for the the one who was not able to go. And something about the love that those other geese had, the loyalty that they had toward the goose who couldn't go, moved him. His plan was to keep not just one goose, but to keep all the other geese there. I can guess what he was going to do with the geese long term. But he learned from the geese. He learned wisdom. And the wisdom started with the love and devotion and commitment that he saw in the whole flock of geese to the one goose. Solomon, we said, ultimately learned wisdom because he recognized God's love and care, God's compassion and grace. And it was God's grace and love that drove Solomon to seek wisdom. I want to encourage you this morning to seek wisdom but not just because you want to receive something because now you're wise. I want you to seek wisdom in response to the love and grace that you see in God. Knowing that God's love and grace, as it motivates you to act wisely, will see you becoming the person that God wants you to be. I pray that's your choice. In fact, let's pray. Holy Father, we thank you for the blessing of Solomon's story, both the story of him asking for wisdom and the story of him acting in wisdom with the two ladies. Father, help us to gain wisdom as we reflect on who you are, in the ways in which you've loved us, cared for us, offered us your compassion and mercy and grace, even at times when we're sinful. Help us because you have acted that way towards us to seek your wisdom and to seek acting wisely in our world in response to you. We pray these things through Jesus. Amen.